Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Jamie All Over. I hope everyone had a great Christmas, Christmas Eve, Happy Hanukkah, all the holidays. I hope you're doing well. I did take the week off. I was just like, you know what? I've done this for a year. Woohoo! Thank you all so much for being here for our first year. And I was like, I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to enjoy the holidays. Ivy's home from school. I have family out here visiting. So that's what I did. But I did miss you. And I'm happy to be back. Today it's a solo. I want to do a little holiday recap what I've been up to. We took a couple staycations over the holidays, over Thanksgiving, and now just over Christmas. We went to San Juan Capistrano and we went to Lake Arrowhead. So I'm going to give you guys the rundown on that, answer a few questions I got on Instagram, and then I just read an article about Kim Kardashian's quote unquote vegan diet or mostly vegan diet. If you watch the Kardashians, you know she's not fully vegan, even though I have heard her say many times publicly that she is. So now I guess she's switched it to mostly vegan. I'm not complaining. Something is better than nothing. So that is not a complaint from me. But in this article for Courtney's website, Poosh, about how a mostly vegan diet has helped her with her psoriasis, which even just giving up dairy is what I thought very well known to help with not only psoriasis, but many skin issues, also including eczema. So I want to get into that and then go over some food items that can irritate skin and then other food items that can actually help it. And with Veganuary soon approaching, January 1st, if you don't know what that is, that is a challenge for 31 days to go vegan with the intent of introducing people to eating plant-based and living a vegan lifestyle in hopes that it lasts longer. A lot of people who did the challenge end up staying vegan. And that's a lot of the vegan stories that you'll hear from people. You know, it's like, how did you go vegan? And you'll hear, oh, well, I tried Veganuary and I loved it and I felt so much better. So I just stayed vegan. So I love this initiative. And with that approaching, I'm going to give you guys some tips, some supplements that I recommend if you are going plant-based just to kind of help you or give you that little nudge to try Veganuary. If you are, please reach out. I would love to know who's doing it. And today is Boxing Day. And I always thought Boxing Day was just celebrated in Canada, but little did I know it's also celebrated in the 
UK, where it originated, and Australia, and then other areas as well, like Trinidad and Tobago, South Africa. And the reason I looked into it is because we have some ladies who are from Canada, Australia, and Ireland, previously Ireland, she has now moved here. But all of those areas celebrate Boxing Day. And I saw in our Instagram podcast group, people were saying happy Boxing Day to those who were not just in Canada. And I was like, wait, I feel really stupid. I need to learn about Boxing Day. So I did a little research. And I was like, where does the name even come from? Is it about boxes? Is it about the sport boxing? What is it? So it originated during Queen Victoria's reign in the 1800s, and it was to reward the lower classes of British society. So traditionally, the servants were allowed to take the day off, and they would receive gifts from their masters, I hate that word, as a token of appreciation for their services. And the presents given would be referred to as a Christmas box, which led to the day eventually being known as Boxing Day. And today the holiday is synonymous with shopping and finding great after Christmas sales. However, this was not the case a couple of hundred years ago. And then the tradition spread more thanks to the church in Britain, and they collected money from worshipers and redistributed it to the poor during the Christmas season. And then coincidentally, the money would be kept in a box, giving support to the Boxing Day moniker. While much of this tradition dates back centuries, the charitable aspects of Boxing Day are still observed by many people today who may leave extra money for postal delivery people or domestic workers as a gesture of thanks. So as far as the sports aspect of it, it really had nothing to do with boxing the sport. But... Strangely enough, football is played on Boxing Day, and in sports generally, Boxing Day commemorates the return of action to the field for the first day after Christmas. So every year, December 26th is known as Boxing Day in all of the sports around the world. I know we have some listeners in New Zealand and Australia and the UK and Canada who probably all know about this already, but for my dumb American listeners... (laughs) Just kidding. I'm calling myself dumb. That is the history of Boxing Day. So I had a bit of a Christmas debacle. Now, the story I'm about to tell you, I would suggest if you have kids in the car, don't listen now. But the way I'm going to tell you this story, I've got your back in case the episode should just pop on and you have no control and someone may hear it that shouldn't hear it. We will still be good. Although I just called you all dumb Americans, I truly think you're all very smart. You will be able to read between the lines of the story I'm telling you. So it will be safe for all listeners. So Ivy ended up getting a lot more gifts than intended. So she made out really well with this situation. Ivy gets gifts from me, but she also obviously gets gifts from Santa. Now, I ordered... The majority of the gifts that were from me on Amazon, and they kept showing up to my doorstep in these boxes. My mom, who only had the best intentions to try to help me when I would be out working or doing something and she was babysitting Ivy, she would take in my boxes, (laughs) open them, and wrap them for me, trying to save me time. So generally, you know, her intention was to help me. However, I told her this is the most idiotic thing she could have ever done (laughs) because 
after she wrapped them, she then put post-it notes on all of them, stating what the gift inside was, so that I could, I guess, keep inventory to make sure everything that I ordered arrived. And then she hid it in a closet. Now, this would have been okay if Ivy did not take after me. (laughs) When I was a child, all of the gifts would be under the tree from my parents. And when they were sleeping, I would take an X-Acto knife and I would cut the tape. I would open up the gifts and see what everything was before Christmas because I had no patience. And then I would tape them back up and nobody ever knew. I don't fault my daughter for being the same way that I am. My mom thinks, on the other hand, that this is primarily Ivy's fault because she was told not to go in this closet by my mother. What is a nine-year-old going to do when that happens? They're going to go open that closet and rifle through everything that's in there. So that is what happened. My mom discovered that she went through this because things that were in gift bags were lying on the floor. Tissue paper was not put back the right way. Just things were disrupted in a way that was obvious it had been gone through. So she wanted me to discipline Ivy for going through this when she told her not to. But I couldn't because I just thought back to myself and I'm like, no, she's a kid. I get it. I get it. I'm not disciplining her for this. I did the same thing, but I took it out on my mom. And I was like, that was really dumb of you. You should know that kids are curious and they're going to look. That was really, really dumb of you. What ended up happening was Santa wanted some gifts here early to reduce his load on the sleigh. So we got a few gifts from Santa here as well. But now that Ivy saw what every single thing was, they could no longer be from Santa. So I had to let Santa know he needed to bring a bunch of new presents that Ivy did not see. And that is the story of how Ivy got double the amount of presents this year than she should have. And she was essentially rewarded for being a bad child. (laughs) I think her favorite gift this year was a set of roller skates. She and I have found this new hobby together, which is going to the roller rink. And I'm so happy about it because I've been trying to get her into sports or dance or something active. And she just never took to anything. Like I bought her a softball mitt and a softball and a bat. And I'd take her outside and she was actually good. She's got a good arm. She was able to make contact with the ball and like hit some really good ones. But it wasn't fun for her. I had her in ballet. She hated tights. She didn't want to do the ballet class. She couldn't pay attention, which I told her is normal in the beginning. She's like, oh, all the other kids know what they're doing and I don't. I was like, yeah, you have to stick with it. Once you stick with it, you'll you'll pick it up. But she wasn't a fan of it. So I'm not going to force her to do something she doesn't want to do. But she loves roller skating. We randomly decided to go to a roller rink in Fountain Valley maybe a month or so ago. This like retro, not on purpose. I think it was retro just because it hasn't been renovated since the 80s. But I loved it because it like brought back all my childhood memories of going to birthday parties at the roller rink or just going there with my friends. And there's a snack bar. There's an arcade They play music. There's a disco ball in the middle. They turn the lights down. It's so fun. So we've been doing that a couple times and she's getting better and better. So I finally got her own pair of skates. And now I think I need to get my own pair as well. But she's been rolling around on these roller skates in the house all day yesterday and all day today. It's kind of hilarious, but 
She's getting really, really good. I just binged Emily in Paris, the third season. I love this show. And it's not necessarily because it's a great show. I just love seeing Paris. It is like a very transporting experience. And I don't know if I love her fashion or hate her fashion, but it's just so interesting and everything is so creative that I really enjoy just visually watching this show. And it makes me want to be in Paris so bad. Have you guys watched Real Girlfriends in Paris? I think that's the name of it. It's the Bravo show. I watched that a couple months ago. I binged it and I really enjoyed it. And for the same reason, it's awesome to see Paris. That is the star. But after I binged Real Girlfriends in Paris, of Paris, whatever it's called, I started following one of the girls on the show, Victoria, who I thought was like the coolest and I liked her the best. She was primarily plant-based, so I thought she was cool, (laughs) and I liked her style. I liked her attitude, so I started following her, and she followed me back, and I realized she's in L.A. a lot of the time, so it seems like she splits her time between L.A. and Paris. So let me know if you guys watch that show, if you're into it, and I'm thinking maybe we bring her on as a guest. I want to learn more about what it's like living in Paris as an American. She's from Texas originally. Also, another guest I would like to have on soon is Ryan Bailey. Marissa Issa actually responded to my story today when I was saying I'm going to be recording a solo. What do you guys have on your mind? And she's like, when are you doing a podcast swap with Ryan Bailey? So Ryan got me to watch White Lotus, and I binged that as well. So I watched both seasons of that semi-recently. And I have so many thoughts on that. I don't know if the moment is over with White Lotus or if people still care and are still talking about it. But I said to Ryan, I was like, we should just do an episode about White Lotus and James Kennedy and call it White Kanye Lotus. And he was like, that's kind of hilarious. I think we should. So we have been talking about getting together to do a swap. He's going to come on mine. I'm going to go on his. So we just need to schedule it. Hopefully sometime in January that'll happen. Maybe we'll talk about other things too. <laughs> I don't know if I I don't know if I want to commit to just those two subjects. So given that this podcast is now one year old, I thought what better way to celebrate than to go to Emo Night and do a little set. So I DJ'd Emo Night in San Diego and it was so fun. I can't believe it has been three years since I last DJ'd at that venue. It's at the Casbah. And it's so gritty and small and sweaty and dark. And I don't know, they have an outdoor area too, but it's just like a cool venue for that. So I really love DJing that space. I, of course, closed with Jamie all over. And before that, I played two A Day to Remember songs in a row. And Alan, who runs the San Diego Emo Night, was like, do you really want to do two in a row? And I was like, look, Alan, I know this is a bold move. I know it's a little strange to do two in a row, but I think they're going to love it. And he's like, whatever you want. So I did it. I did, if it means a lot to you. And then I went right into the downfall of us all. And when I tell you the crowd went crazy, the crowd went crazy. <laughs> like it was so awesome. It paid off. It was a good move. I also played Senses Fail, which was a last minute edition. I was going to play Under Oath, but then the song that I chose was like over four minutes. And I was like, I don't want any song over four minutes. So I switched it to Senses Fail. And 
So many people are coming up to me afterwards and they're like, thank you so much for playing Senses Fail. They actually had a show tonight in LA. We didn't get to go. So so glad you played it. So that was a good choice. A bad choice, one that I would not do again, sadly, because I like the band, was the starting line, The Best of Me. Did not go over well. Plus, it was bad timing. I think what happened with my set was that, yeah, I was supposed to play Escape the Fate, but that song that I wanted, which was Situations, was not available to play. So I had to remove it. I don't remember what I played before the starting line, but when I went into it, it wasn't a great transition. It was like, oh, it was maybe it was like King for a Day, Pierce the Veil, and then I went into that. So it was just like way too hard going into a soft song. It was not a good transition. So, But everything else, all the other songs, killed it. Of course, I had to play Dashboard, so I did Vindicated. It was really fun. I'm sitting here debating if I tell you the rest of the story, but I might as well because one of the questions that I got was what's going on with my dating life and who was in the picture with me when I went to the Magic Castle, which I have to tell you guys about the Magic Castle too. In fact, let me start there <laughs> then we'll come back to this because it's, it's in order that way. So I had been talking to someone. We were trying to figure out a date to meet up. We had met online. The day that we were supposed to meet, he ended up getting the flu and he ended the flu for several days. So it got postponed. And I had realized that I had these Magic Castle passes that expired December 31st of this year. And I have a lot of them. I was like, oh, my God, like, I need to use these up. And I was like, there's no way I'm using these up before the end of the year. So I put them up on my Instagram. I was like, if anybody wants these, just donate to the Animal Sanctuary Little Bear that I'm a part of, and I'll give you these tickets. So my friend and previous podcast guest, Jenny Stoikovich, who runs the Vegan Women's Summit, reached out and she was like, I have friends in town. This would be awesome to take them to. Can I get four of these? And I was like, yeah. So then when I go to see like if I how do I transfer them over or whatever, turns out I have to be present with whoever I give my passes to. They couldn't go without me. So it's like, Jenny, I don't know if this is bad news, but I have to be there with you guys. Let me see if I could get a date. And I asked this guy that I had been talking to him, like, have you ever wanted to go to the Magic Castle? And he's like, yes. I was like, okay, cool. Like, would you want to go? And we're both fully realizing this is an insane first date. But he was like, yeah. So I thought that was cool that he was like spontaneous and down to do that. Not only that, he lives in Encinitas. So the Magic Castle is in LA. Encinitas is like very close to San Diego. It's a little closer to me in Orange County than San Diego, maybe by like 20, 30 minutes. But he's still far from LA. <laughs> so for this Magic Castle date, he ended up driving to me in Orange County, picking me up, and then he drove us all the way to L.A. For the Magic Castle, I don't know if you guys know about it or not, but it's like super nerdy as far as I'm concerned, which is what I love about it. But it's this really cool old Victorian mansion right in the middle of Hollywood on Franklin. And it's a members only, very exclusive magic club. <laughs> and the waiting list is like four years long last time I checked to even become a member. And the fees are pretty high. The only other way to gain entry into this place is if you're a magician taking classes there, which I've actually looked into doing just to get in before I got my hookup, or to be invited by a magician. So you have to know someone who is a magician there and they can give you passes. Or you can know a member who can also give you passes. So there are some ways around it to get in if you're not a member. I think I told you on a previous episode with, maybe it was like episode two or something, with Dr. Mike, how he was able to get us in through his Ferrari concierge service. So that's how I got my foot in the door at the Magic Castle. But then I made my own 
connections as well. In addition to jumping through all these hoops to get into the Magic Castle, you also have to make a reservation for dinner. You must eat there. And there's a strict, very enforced dress code. So men have to wear suits and ties. They can't even take their jacket off. There's a funny episode in that Netflix show Love where they go to the Magic Castle and he takes his jacket off to give to the girl. What's her name? I forget their names. But the main girl, he takes it off to give it to her. And he ends up getting kicked out because you can't take your jacket off. So this guy was like scoring major points with me. Like he was willing to pick me up, drive all the way there, wear a suit and tie, first time meeting me, sit down for a full dinner and go through this whole production. (laughs) I was very impressed thus far. So it turns out the two people that Jenny were bringing were two musicians, Doyle and Elisa. Now, I had met both of them a couple days earlier. I had a vegan dinner at Sugar Taco for a bunch of vegan celebs, influencers, etc. Like six people from PETA were there. It was really cool. So I had met Doyle and Elisa at that dinner. Had no idea who they were. If you guys like metal, you probably know it. Let me look up the name again. I forget. Arch Enemy. They have 700,000 followers. She has almost 900,000. I was like, damn, okay. But I had no idea who her boyfriend was. Just thought he was some guy named Doyle. And we had a conversation about growing up in New Jersey. And I was discussing a particular bakery, an Italian bakery in the town that he grew up in that I miss. Later, I come to find out he's the guitarist in The Misfits. I don't know if you find that as iconic and legendary as I do, but The Misfits. Like, you've seen their t-shirt everywhere. He is the one who designed that t-shirt. My ex-boyfriend has that t-shirt. Probably several of my ex-boyfriends have that t-shirt. So Doyle, Elisa, Jenny, and her husband, Pavle, are all vegans. Doyle is huge, okay? If anyone ever comes at you, men especially, and says, I need meat to, like, have muscle, I need the meat for the protein, I would like you to direct them to Doyle's Instagram page, because he looks like He-Man. It's insane. So also what I didn't know is that he's always in face makeup when he's performing. So when he's taking photos, like if you go look on my Instagram and you look at my group photo from the dinner I had at Sugar Taco, he's covering his face. And that's what he does in every photo if he's not wearing his makeup. So I'm telling you all this backstory because now imagine this. We are at this table filled with vegans and my non-vegan date. We all order the vegan options. He says to me, I'm like, oh, what are you going to get? And he was like, probably this something red meat, some sort of steak. I don't even know what it was. A filet. I think it was the filet. And he's like, is that all right? I was like, of course, order whatever you want. I'm not thinking like to ask anyone else at the table if it was okay or if it would like upset them because that's not how I am. I'm just so used to being out to dinner with all of my non-vegan friends and them eating meat in front of me. You know, I have met other vegans who are like, no, I, I won't even go out to eat with my friends who aren't vegan because I can't watch them eat meat. Or I'll have other people be like, no, my friends would never order meat in front of me. But I'm not that way. My whole family is not vegan. I'm the only one. So I'm just kind of used to it, I guess. And also, it's kind of my belief to not tell anyone else what they should eat. I'll educate. I'll lead by example. But I would never tell anyone what they can and can't order. I don't think that is right. If someone's going to turn vegan, I want them 
to do it for themselves and because they did the research and it's because what they want to do, not just out of respect for me. But then when I'm not around, they're going to still eat meat. Like, I don't know. So anyway, his filet gets there and I could tell everyone else at the table was kind of like upset by this and that he, I wasn't upset. But like I said, it didn't dawn on me to ask anyone else. And so it was a bit awkward for a minute because I was like actually having to stand up for him and be like, hey, guys, there was a time when we weren't vegan. Also, everyone has to start somewhere. And it's a process. I just met this guy tonight. I don't expect him to be vegan. (laughs) And Doyle, apparently, the whole night was talking to my date, being like, you know, I wasn't vegan when I met Elisa, but I would never order meat in front of her. And (laughs) telling you, man, you just got to go vegan. You just got to do it. You got to do it. He kept bringing it up to him, apparently, which... I kind of love that. Like, I love thinking of that scenario happening. (laughs) That Someone from the Misfits is telling this guy who just ordered a steak, who's on a first date meeting all of us for the first time, that he needs to go vegan. At the Magic Castle, no less. Let's now fast forward to date number two with this guy. And he tells me he's pescatarian. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so happy to hear that. That is awesome. So date two was emo night. (laughs) And because it was in San Diego, I drove to his place and then he drove us to emo night. Now, this is where I'm wondering if I tell this story or not, because I don't have his permission to tell it. Hmm. That's what's sticky about podcasting, because obviously I want to tell you everything. And I do tell you pretty much everything about me. But when other people are involved, it's like, you got to respect them. Should I call him first? Should I make sure I could tell this story? No, I don't want to call him. Never mind. I don't want to like bring that up again. He's like with his family for the holidays. <laughs> I want to be like, hey, remember the fight we had? Can I talk about it? Okay. So I was DJing. I'm behind the booth and he's on stage next to me. And he tried to come in for like a kiss while I was DJing. And I was like, I'm working. There was some more back and forth with that. And at the end, he kind of took it as if me pushing him away meant that I wasn't interested in him. And what I said to him was, I was focused on a task at hand. I know it's not a professional environment. I know there's only a couple hundred people I'm in front of. But regardless, I was booked to do this. I'm looking at this as a professional in that sense. And I like to separate the two. It's only for 30 minutes. I want to put my focus on this. It does not mean that I'm not interested in you. And so he kind of took it as if, like, I wasn't going out of my way to make sure he felt comfortable. But I also think, like, he's never dated someone in my line of work or whatever this work is that I do. But I was like, look, I don't know what you want to call this. I'm in media or I do speaking engagements sometimes, whatever this may be. Like, when I'm in front of people, I want to give them my full attention. It can't be divided. But please don't take that as if that's an indication of me not having interest in you. So I'm pretty sure I explained myself well. Hopefully he gets it. And it was just like a situation where he had never been in a position like that before. Whereas I kind of take it for granted. Like, how many musicians have I dated? How many people on stage have I dated? And I understand, like, whether I'm side stage or wherever, green room, wherever I may be, like, I know and I don't expect to have any attention while someone is performing. And that's totally normal. (laughs) And I would not expect that. So I was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, like what happens like if he were to come with me to like a bigger speaking engagement? Like I don't want to feel worried 
about that or stressed out when I'm trying to speak in front of thousands of people. So it was a little bump in the road, shall I say, but we talked through it, I think. A lot of people were like, is that your boyfriend when I put the picture in my stories? And I was like, no, I'm still single, but I am dating. So I'll keep you all posted on that. Oh my God, he just texted me. All right, I'm going to text him back and be like, (laughs) this is so bad. I'm like, can you talk for a sec? He's going to think it's like something really bad. That's like the worst thing you can text somebody, right? Can we talk? Dot, dot, dot. Sure. All right, I'm going to call him. This is going to be live. Sound is going to suck because it's just going to be on speaker. Hey, what's up? Hi. What are you doing? Nothing. Check it out. So for legal purposes, this call may be recorded. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What's going on? Well, I'm in the middle of doing a podcast. So you're on speaker. Okay. But great. Say hi to everyone. Hello, everyone. Have you already introduced me? No. I mean, yeah. Yes. I, I don't think I've said your name. <laughs> okay. That's fine. Do you want me to say your name? Uh, it doesn't matter to me. His name is Matt. So it's interesting that you just texted me now because I was telling a story and I was like, I'm going to call him and see if he can add to it. And I was like, no, he's with his family. I'm not going to bother him now. But then you texted me. So then I was like, okay, can you talk? So it's kind of perfect timing. All right. What's the story? I told the story about the Magic Castle and the Misfits guy. (laughs) Is he going to be listening to this? Probably not. Very unlikely. I mean, fingers crossed. Well, anyways, yeah, he's he was just bullying me into becoming (laughs) vegan and then basically saying that I wouldn't be able to date you if I wasn't vegan, which none are wrong. Well, let me ask you this. They all know now that you are pescatarian, which I'm hoping you still are. I haven't asked in a couple of days. I might have slipped up. <laughs> okay, we can discuss that later. <laughs> yes, yeah, let's table that for now. It wasn't the Misfits guy that swayed you, right? I'm trying to figure out the psychology of it. The psychology of it is, like, I don't want to be eating meat in front of you when it's very important to you, like veganism in general. So if, if we continue to hang out and I like hanging out with you this far, I would want to uh, maybe go down that road. And I've already started to make some changes. So that is the psychology of it. Okay. It's all about Jamie. Well, I'm proud of you. It's Jamie all over. <laughs> I didn't realize that was what was driving it. So good to know. Yeah, I haven't watched like a recent vegan documentary or anything like that. Obviously, it's important hanging out with you. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll get to the documentaries. We will solidify this so I'm not the only reason. Because then what happens, you know, if you're not around me, you slip up is what happens, right? <laughs> I may have had some meat over the holidays, but I'm going back home and then things might change a little bit. Okay, cool. This is what I wasn't sure if I wanted to add in the episode or include in the episode, which was what happened at Emo Night. Do we want to dive into that? Well, it's up to you. I mean, it's only the second time we hung out. I shouldn't have had any expectations. You were like DJing for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. I was just staying on the car ride back. Like, I would have engaged with you a little bit more. And you're like, what, you wanted me to make out with you? And I'm like, no, I don't want you to make out with me. Just kind of like, I didn't know anybody there. Just like show that I'm like present and like make me feel like I feel like a little bit present. Like, that's what I would have done if the rules were reversed is all I was going to say. But I was probably childish and kind of ridiculous, and I should have been able to just do my own thing and totally fine. And I probably made it a bigger deal than it was, but, you know, a little bit of booze was involved, so kind of is what it is. But that's where I was coming from. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, I already told the story, so I was just trying to (laughs) make sure it was okay to say it. 
Oh man, what was your? All right, do I have to wait? To no, I I said I said the exact same thing, but the only thing that I did include was that I could have sworn you did try to kiss me when I was DJing. I think that's kind of what made me say like I'm working. I can't do this. Oh, that's why I was ignored. <laughs> I got the cold shoulder because <laughs> I tried to kiss you. You never told me that. What did you tell me that in the car? That's why I, I said. That's said, why I said to you, I'm like, I can't make out with you while I'm doing this. You. That's why I said that. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't know that we were strictly discussing like affectionate behavior yeah. with, with each other during the, during the DJing set. You were in that realm. I was in a very different one. I apologize for trying to suck your face during the uh, your DJ set. <laughs> I'm going to let you go and I'm going to call you after I'm done with this because your audio quality is going to be pretty bad since you're on speaker. Otherwise, I would love to have you on for the whole time. But thank you for coming on unexpectedly. And I'll call you later. Sure. Yeah, because I got a can you talk for a minute. I'm like, oh, I know. This isn't good. <laughs> don't, don't preface it like that. I, <laughs> okay. I said that, too. I was like, oh, God, that's the worst thing you can text somebody. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Um, okay. Okay, I'll all, talk to you all later. Good, all good. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with the rest of it. Talk Thanks. Bye. Bye. Okay. Well, there you go. What else did I want to get into? Oh, Lake Arrowhead. You guys wanted to know about my little trip to Lake Arrowhead. I also mentioned San Juan Capistrano during Thanksgiving. That was amazing. Highly recommend going to San Juan Capistrano. It's this cute town in Orange County, south of where I am. And it's very historic. There's a mission there that was gorgeous. Really cute restaurants. A great little town area that you can walk around in. They have like one of those old school movie theaters. Reminds me of the Dawson's Creek movie theater. If you know what that means. (laughs) If you get that reference, it feels like that type of little town. And then there's this whole part like near the train tracks. There's a restaurant called Trevor's on the Tracks. Gorgeous restaurant very overpriced. Food is just okay. Or maybe I didn't order well. A lot of people love it. They go there for brunch. There's a huge outdoor area. There's an indoor area that's super cute in like these old railroad cars. Live bands play there often. But behind that, behind the tracks, there's this whole like historic neighborhood. And there's a bunch of these like old cottages that were converted into businesses. So there's like this super cute tea house It looks like this little cottage from like a Disney movie or something. And you can go have all kinds of different teas and tea sandwiches and different salads and light bites and stuff. It's so cute. There's a psychic and a palm reader over there. I did not go see her. There's just cute little gift shops. It's a cute either day trip or overnight trip or staycation. Highly recommend. We stayed at the Inn at Mission San Juan Capistrano. Beautiful hotel. Loved it. Now, Lake Arrowhead, or what I've been saying, lame Arrowhead. If you're vegan, bring all your food. Bring it with you to Lake Arrowhead. That is what I will say, first and foremost. We stayed at the Lake Arrowhead Resort and Spa, which is, I think, the only inn or hotel on the lake. Somehow it has a four-star rating. I don't know how. It has not been renovated I would say since the 90s, if I had to guess. The lobby is nice enough. But then there's these other rooms, like when you get past the lobby, like seating areas and stuff, random like pianos down hallways. But like all the furniture is so dated and ripped and torn. And it basically feels like you're in a nursing home, if you know what that feels like. Just random furniture placed in like rooms. 
that have zero warmth to them, I guess. It felt like a nursing home. They have a restaurant there called Bin 186 or something like that. Bin something. And in the elevator, when the doors close, there's this big advertisement and it says, have been in bed, right? So they're advertising that you can get food to go, that you can order room service, that you can have breakfast in bed. No, you can't. I don't know if that was just because it was over the holidays or if they don't do that at all. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and just say it was because of the holidays because otherwise why would they make that advertisement if they can't do it? I went with Ivy and my mom and we had this, we got one room for the three of us, but it was like a suite and the option was if we wanted a lake view, the only option was a king bed and a pullout sofa. If we wanted to get our own beds and with no pullout sofa, we couldn't have a lake view. So my mom insisted on the lake view. I was like, well, then you're going to have a pullout sofa. Ivy and I can't fit. I mean, I guess we could have, but it would be like two. And then she, my mom would just be in the king. Didn't make sense. My mom was like, no, you take the king with Ivy. I'll take the pullout. I was just like, that sounds awful. But if you really want the lake view and you really want to do this, fine, I'll book that one. In this particular room, the phone didn't work, so I couldn't call down to even see if there was room service or not. So I walked down to the restaurant. I tried to get us breakfast. They wouldn't even give me coffee to go. However, in the lobby, they had coffee. So I went over there to at least get coffee. I saw one of the staff there, like, refilling it. And I was like, do you have any non-dairy creamer? And she handed me these packets. And you know the packets because they're in every hotel room (laughs) that has those coffee makers. And it says non-dairy creamer. Now, I don't know where my brain cells must have gone, because I know that in most non-dairy creamers, there is milk derivatives. For example, international, what is it? International creamers? International Delight and Coffee Mate, they say non-dairy creamer, but there's dairy in it. There's milk derivatives. So I can't have either of them. So anyway, I pour this powder in, I stir it up, I take my cup and then my mom's cup back up to my room, and then I had an extra packet of the non-dairy creamer, and I thankfully, decided to read the ingredients. And of course, there's milk in it. I was like, why do people do this? And how hard would it be if they're offering half and half to at least have soy milk? And I even then went down and I was like, can I just get some soy milk from the restaurant? They would not give it to me for my coffee. And I was just like, you know, about 75% of the population is lactose intolerant. It would probably be great to offer a non-dairy alternative. People don't even think this way. It blows my mind. But anyway, as for the room itself, it was pretty bad. The lake view was like a partial lake view. It was not very close to the lake, not like in the pictures on their website. Super outdated. The pullout bed, my mother said, was the most uncomfortable bed she's ever been in. She could feel the springs and that it wasn't made up either. She had to make it herself. And they only gave us like this really thin, almost like a sheet was all she had to put put over herself. The food in general in Lake Arrowhead, it's just so hard to find anything healthy, impos- almost impossible to get vegan. I will say we went to a pizzeria for lunch, and they did offer vegan cheese. Daya, which is the worst, but at least it was offered, and I had some pretty crappy vegan pizza, but I was able to eat something. But anyway, when I left Lake Arrowhead, I just felt like crap. I could not get one healthy thing. I wasn't getting any protein whatsoever. Now I know for next time, first of all, I wouldn't ever want to stay at that hotel again because it wasn't nice. It wasn't worth what they charge. The whole thing needs a renovation. Sarah C. from Vanderpump Rules Party podcast saw my stories and she was like, Stassi's mom used to manage that place. And I was like, really? But whoever manages it now needs to know it's time to renovate. I wish there was another 
resort in Lake Arrowhead because it's a quick trip from L.A. or Orange County. It's like an hour and a half. It's treacherous if you don't like heights, though. The way up. Oh, my God. My mom was freaking out the whole time. She'll like be grabbing on to like the oh shit handles and like she would be on the floor if she could. And she's like whimpering all the time because she has this irrational fear that we're going to fall off the side of the mountain. So the whole way up, I'm dealing with this, but I'm laughing so hard that it's like hard for me to like not cry. That's how hard I was laughing. If you have that same fear, you're basically doing a drive up like 6,000 feet into the air. It's really, really high. So there's that. I wanted to get into this article I saw about Kim Kardashian and her psoriasis. So she recently revealed that her mostly plant-based diet has helped her manage her psoriasis. And she wrote about it on Poosh. She credits vegan tacos has kept her psoriasis flare-ups at bay. Okay, we need to send her some sugar taco. So psoriasis is an autoimmune disease. It causes red, scaly, itchy patches on the skin, and currently there is no cure. But according to the National Psoriasis Foundation, it can be managed with an appropriate treatment plan, which can include avoiding certain foods. So I'm going to read some tips from a registered dietitian named Amy Lawson. She's also the founder of Thrive Nutrition, and she says that certain foods can help ease the inflammation that is associated with psoriasis. Foods that have the biggest impact on skin health include those with anti-inflammatory properties, all of which come from plants. However, not all plant-based foods are on the table. Simple sugars and simple carbs like white bread and pasta can trigger a flare-up. In a 2017 study published that examined the effects of dietary patterns on psoriasis, the most commonly eliminated foods included meat, dairy, gluten, and sugar. Patients who eliminated those foods improved skin conditions. So what foods should you avoid if you have psoriasis? Number one, red meat, dairy, and eggs. Red meat contains a polyunsaturated fatty acid, which is known to worsen psoriasis. Dairy products, including milk, cheese, and yogurt, also contain that same acid. And studies suggest that that acid that's found in dairy and meat can even irritate the intestinal lining leading to worse flare-ups. Eggs also contain that same acid, so cutting down on or eliminating all three of these may lead to overall improvements. So, so far, Kim is onto something. Okay, next thing is gluten. Like celiac disease, psoriasis is an autoimmune condition. People with psoriasis have a higher chance of gluten sensitivity. So if you have both of these, then you may benefit from cutting out gluten-containing foods altogether including wheat, barley, rye, pasta, and beer. Next, ultra-processed foods. Some examples would be baked goods like cookies and cakes, candy, ice cream, prepared meals like ready-made meals, canned soups, processed meats, including bacon and sausage, white flour, refined carbohydrates like white bread, white pasta, white rice, soda. And then the last thing that can trigger skin issues is alcohol. Since psoriasis involves inflammation, alcohol makes it worse. Okay, so now you know what to avoid. What should you include in your diet? Number one, obvious fruit and vegetables. As for fruit, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, they all contain antioxidants. Cruciferous vegetables like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, 
dark leafy greens, kale, spinach, Swiss chard, collard greens, all good for you. Broccoli, bell peppers, and fruit are also rich in vitamin C, which may benefit the skin. It helps with collagen formation, it's an antioxidant, and it's also important in wound healing. Whether you have psoriasis or not, these things are great to incorporate, and especially if you're moving into a more plant-based diet or trying Veganuary, you want to get your healthy oils and fats. I take an omega-3 supplement. It's vegan. I get it on Amazon. It's a liquid. It's lemon flavored. I put a few drops in my water every day. As far as what foods it comes in, you can get it in walnuts, avocados, but I just always take my supplement. And if you are trying Veganuary, I would suggest getting this supplement as well. It's by Nature's Way and it's great. Another supplement I recommend to all vegans is vitamin B12. Obviously, you want to search for a vegan version of it, and I take either these chewable cherry tablets. They taste so good. They taste like candy, or if I'm taking some sort of drink like athletic greens or a different vitamin drink, if it contains enough B12, then I don't take the tablets, but I just always keep an eye on it, and that's where you'll boost your immune system, boost energy, if anyone's sick, I always tell them to take extra B vitamins. Getting back to healthy foods to incorporate in your diet, lentils and beans. Plant proteins such as lentils are rich in dietary fiber, protein, and antioxidants. So they're frequently recommended for anyone looking to add more anti-inflammatory foods to their plate. Minimally processed soy-based foods like tofu and tempeh are also good. Soy is rich in plant compounds called isoflavones, which are known to fight inflammation. Grains. Whole gluten-free grains such as oats and brown rice are packed with inflammation-fighting dietary fiber. As a bonus, grains are associated with lower risk for heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and certain cancers. I love a good overnight oats. So delicious. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye to you. Thank you again for a year of Jamie All Over podcast. Hey, Tom.